When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was going to jump right in off the top, Mina, and, and, and talk about how we're feeling about this World Cup particularly. And, and obviously... It's an Italian football podcast. We talk about Italian football most of the time. There's no Italy in it, and that has an impact on how we feel about it. But it's also a very particular podcast for for other reasons. And I was on um, Tim Vickery and Dot and um show, the Brazil Shirt podcast, um, recently, and was talking about the many reasons why I feel really super conflicted about this World Cup and. Um, yeah, I don't want to monologue on you, Mina. Um, monologue away. you properly. Um, it's it is a really it's a really complicated World Cup to know how to feel about it. I, I think like in the immediate sense, some of my way that I feel about this World Cup is literally just affected by the fact that it's happening. It's just strange time, you know. I'm my my brain is still engaged in European club football mode, and suddenly there's a World Cup, and there's been no build up to it. Here we are. Here's the World Cup. It's in front of you, and I haven't had time to uh, sort of think about it that much. But when I do think about it, I, I, I do have these really conflicted feelings about this World Cup. And, and some of that, I think, is, is pretty obvious. Um, I'm a transgender woman, and this is a World Cup happening in a place where I, if Italy had qualified, genuinely was wrestling with the question of, would it be safe for me to go? Like, if I was going to do my job to be a professional journalist who covers football at this World Cup, would it be safe? And I don't know the answer to that. And to be clear, I, I didn't know that with Russia in the last World Cup either. And, and both times, Italy's failed to qualify. And I suppose I've, I've not had that question forced on me in a certain sense. But I then sort of starting from there, move very quickly onto the, the thought, well, I have the privilege of deciding whether or not to go. Whereas people who live in those countries don't have that privilege. And, and in those countries, there's all sorts of documented abuse and and certainly the the things that have been reported in in recent weeks of of how lgbt citizens are treated in qatar has been horrifying and and so i find it really really difficult to feel positively about a world cup that brings attention to a country that is a cause celebration of a country normally normally when a world cup is happening you're watching and you're thinking wow it's like not just an insight into football it's an insight into this culture this different part of the world that's part of the experience of the world cup and that I feel really complicated feelings about. And then before we get to even any of that, we have the the greater, well, even more sort of challenging question, which is that these World Cup, there's been so many reports now, Human Rights Watch has covered extensively. We've had reports from The Guardian. We've had reports from all over about the working conditions of laborers in building these stadiums. We've had um, 
it's very hard to get clear numbers on it, but pretty clear evidence that's come out that there's been mistreatment of workers, that there's been all sorts of sort of wage abuse of workers. But at the bluntest end of it, there have been people who've traveled from other countries to Qatar to try to work, have a job, send money back to their families, specifically in, in a lot of South Asian countries who haven't come home again. And that seems to come down to some horrendous working conditions and living conditions that they've been put into. And all of those things make me feel, make it feel very hard for me to lose myself in the football. Put it that way. I guess that's, that's, that's my starting feeling on this World Cup, Mina. And I'm sorry that was my big monologue as I pre-advised, but um, I don't know. How do you feel about this World Cup as, as we um, start, start to get into it? I mean, on, on the show that you were saying, it's like verbal, like you were vomiting um, all your, your feelings out there. And I just did it again. But I think that's kind of the only way to do it, if that makes sense. Because when you have something building inside of you and your feelings are overwhelming at that time, your only option is to do that. Because this is, I think it's kind of the state of play in general in the world at the moment, where I, I'm constantly on some sort of rant somewhere about something, you know, and, and you do feel like you don't know how to stop yourself from saying something because we are now a little bit more honest about ourselves and thankfully we live in a world in which we can speak. Does that mean that anything changes? I, I don't know. How do I feel about the World Cup? What I think is interesting about this is, is the way that you framed this before the show when you were asking me, you're like, I want to hear what Mina has to say because she, she, is, she does have Arabic roots, right? And I don't feel like many people have asked many Arabs about it in the media. And so I, I've kind of... I haven't heard Arab voice on it at all. Yeah. And I, and I think that there are so many Arabic journalists, like there's several in the Daily Mail, for example, you know, and yet I don't feel like any of them have been asked this question or, or any of my employees have thought, okay, well, what about you? What do you think of it? I'm maybe because it's always sort of, I speak about Italian football. They just assume that's all I want to talk about, you know? So I did think that that was weird that they haven't gotten that. I feel like I've listened to a lot of podcasts in which I disagree with or haven't felt like they were accurate in the way that they talk about things. It's kind of a shame that when you do finally get a World Cup being staged in the Middle East, it is under these conditions. And these, this is what we are talking about, you know, for a country that is trying to build that its reputation. It's a, it's a shame that, and one that is hugely wealthy, right? And treats its, would treat its laborers in such fashion. You know that the whole world will have their eyes on you. It becomes really complicated because here's the thing, right? You are against something, but at the same time, you feel like what you do get a lot of the time is sort of, oh, it's the, I don't know how to explain it in all honesty. You know, you live in the West, you know, you live in England. I've, I'm raised in England. I work for Americans or I work for the English. I believe in Western ideals, but I am Arabic. And there does come a point where you do feel like it's really difficult to take things on board without feeling the hypocrisy of it, even if what they're saying is correct. It's this kind of thing where I don't know how to, to get over this like, oh, this, these poor women, you know, as a, as a, as an Arab woman yourself, Mina, how do, how do you feel about the way that, that women are treated in, in, in Middle East? And, of course, it's like, well, firstly, the Middle East suffers, you know, is, is completely different. I mean, if you're a Moroccan, it is completely different to if you are Egyptian, to if you are uh, Lebanese, if you are Iraqi. And then you all sort of get the same thing. And, oh, you, you must suffer the same things as Qatari women. Well, Qatari women 
have land, that all their bills are paid for. They are financially taken care of, you know, by everyone around them. They, the actual Qatari people are very happy in the sense that, you know, they are wealthy, taken care of. They don't have a bill to pay. They never have to worry about things. Do they have their freedoms? I'm sure that that's their sacrifice. They don't have their freedoms. And sadly, this is something now that I didn't, obviously we have to, I have to do my research for this World Cup. And I still cannot believe that there are 69 nations in which homosexuality is criminalized. 69 nations. My question is, if I want to hold a World Cup, where would I choose to hold it? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because right now, how, how, how can Qatar go ahead and do all of this to its laborers? How can it say that we're open to everyone and make it so clear it isn't? I've spoken to some people who tell me things that are very different. And then yesterday I was listening to David Conn and he did a podcast on BBC Sounds in which he brought on a Qatari man who is homosexual, who lives in, who living in the state as he sought asylum. And he spoke about the way that he is treated and how he feels that he is terrified of his family, of the conditions. And it was really difficult to listen to what he had to say, even though he was very upbeat and he was smiling and laughing. And then there was one point he broke down in the middle of the podcast and you think, Oh, this is, this is a horrible. And then I speak to other people who say, Oh no, don't believe any of these things where we're, we're fine. And, and, and now I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't, honestly, I don't know what to believe in any, any state, but I guess my bigger question in all of this is where would I stage a world cup? Like, is this a, a world, do we have a world problem? I only realized that 69 nations still criminalize homosexuality. Human rights is, is horrendous in nearly every country now. If we are going to stage a World mm-hmm. Cup, are we going to do so where? In England and USA? I, frankly, my father's Iraqi. It is an illegal invasion of Iraq. You have stripped a country of its natural resources. It was been described as an illegal invasion by UN and Kofi Annan. And yet it was done to line the pockets of Dick Cheney and, and Tony Blair, who was then knighted. I don't feel comfortable having that when we turn around to Russia and say, well, you can't do that, but we can. And our athletes don't suffer any of the consequences. And we may, you know, prosecute and, and heavily be, uh, you know, our black population and need to be reminded that black lives matter, where women in certain states don't even have the right to an abortion, but a woman in downtown Baghdad can walk in and have one. So for me, those are questionable things. Why do they get to do it and we don't? Why is Russia not, a, you know, why is Russia being pers- told that you can't illegally invade someone? Because you can't, <laughs> but then they'd be allowed to too. So in my head, it's like, where would I stage this World Cup? Where? And, this, and, and, you know, and, and like the kafala system for the laborers in Qatar. Like, how is this allowed to change? And then there's a part of me that thinks, should we have these World Cups every four years? Because it does shed a light on some of these issues. Because now we are asking for things to change. Because they have implemented some laws to change that. Is it enough? Not by any stretch of the imagination. When you consider that nearly 7,000 laborers have died. And, and they still continue to, to be subjected to horrendous conditions because of the enormous heat. It's November, and I've just watched ESPN FC in which the, the, the guys are talking about how the fact that they're sweating through everything they're wearing and they're in T-shirts. And I, and I think to myself, they're still having to work in these conditions, and it's November. Imagine what it's like in the heat of summer. So I, I honestly don't know because there's a part of me that just feels at this moment in time that I don't want to... I, I feel like, you know, as an Arab, you think that everything's always like, oh, yes, but darling, you're not up to us. But then you still think, well, yeah, but the, the kafala system that everyone's complaining about, 
Qatar only sought independence from the UK in 1971. That was started and, and, and largely influenced by the English code. They had brought their British subjects along with them, which were South, South Asian, and they had wanted greater control over them, as David Kahn explained in his podcast. And that is something that has continued in Qatar and become part of, part of Qatari rules and laws that is only being addressed now because of the World Cup. Should we have a World Cup in countries that need greater uh, to shed a light on all their human rights issues? It should, should it now be as an incentive to get us to change things in, in the world? But honestly speaking, when I started to think about where I'd want this World Cup, I honestly couldn't come up with it with many countries that I would be like, yeah, that's okay. I'm all right with this country. I'm all right with that country. Because not even the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> interesting choice given Jack Warner, of course, and his exactly. role in the whole um, corrupt um, scenario we had. And also, again, if you're transgender, I mean, what, what the rules are there? How much they've criminalized homosexuality as well in, in the likes of Jamaica and Barbados. Absolutely. So where, where would you do it? Where? No, and I, I, I do think that's, I think that's like a, a really sort of big question that, that I, um, first of all, just want to say thank you, Mina. Like, it's really interesting to hear you on that. Cause like, I, I feel like I've done my verbal diarrhea and it was like nice to hear you sort of come back with all of, of your thoughts on it as well. And I, I, I do share like that feeling of, of, of discomfort about like, God, well, where, where are we going to find the perfect places to host? Cause there are problems everywhere. There are, and I'm not shy of that. And I think that's a really complicated question. I think I can't get past, and of course I come at this, I do, of course I come at this from, from who I am and, and, and my yeah. life experience and, 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 and my reality. And, but I, I can't get past the fact that we've now had two World Cups in a row. Yeah. And it's a World Cup is, is supposed to be something that is explicitly inclusive. I mean, it is explicitly about bringing the world together. FIFA sell that message, every bloody World Cup, they hammer that message. It's the whole world. It's bring the world together. That's what it's for. It's supposed to be this freedom from politics, ironically, this moment of let's just enjoy this thing that we all love together, football. And you've had two in a row in countries where LGBT plus people are not safe, are not. And we are not the majority of the population, but actually we're a pretty chunky minority of the population. And you've had two in a row where explicitly, legally, we do not have safety. That's crazy to me. It's crazy that that's been allowed to happen. And, and, and I think it's, you know, it's hard for me to move, move beyond that. Yeah. How would I feel about this World Cup if Italy were in it differently? I'm sure like a hundred percent, if I had like a, a team that I was excited about, yeah, I'll go watch my team. I'm sure I'd feel differently about it, but it wouldn't take that away. It wouldn't, it wouldn't change that, that side of things. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, it makes me sad because I, I love the World Cup. I love the idea of it so much, I guess, because like when I was a kid, I really bought into that whole bringing the world together thing. And because I do love watching, I love that about the World Cup. I love when you're sort of watching a game between two countries whose football you don't normally watch. You know, if it's, I don't know why these two countries in my head, but say Japan and Ecuador. And I'm like, I don't normally watch yeah, the Japan yeah. national team. I don't normally <laughs> watch the Ecuadorian national team. But I'm watching them right now and I'm thinking about people in Japan watching this game of football, people in Ecuador watching this game of football. And how cool that is. It's people who are separated by everything in their lives. They have nothing in common except for this football match that's happening. And this football match is a shared common experience. And the World Cup, like nothing else, I mean, even, even the Olympics, 
barely compare. So the Olympics is, it's super interesting if you get into like this between nerdy for a second. I remember when I was at the Guardian on staff there, they talked about Google Trends with us one time. And basically like they were showing us how the World Cup affects search traffic and nothing gets close to the World Cup for sustained interest. Like the Olympics causes like a similar high peak, but it's really short-lived. Yeah. And maybe like the, the US presidential election as well causes like still not as high, but kind of close. The World Cup is, is like nothing else in the world in terms of the international interest and, and what it does to people. And I think that's cool. But isn't that kind of why you're a reporter? Like why you've chosen to be a sports yeah. journalist? Of course, of course, yeah. Um, so let's, why don't we do that? We, we were going to go to talk about the teams um, next, but you know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's jump to that next. Because I think like football and why we got into the World Cup, let's turn it to that slightly happier angle. Yeah, we need that. Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Sports Social Podcast Network.